We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, you guys, to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we have Scott Corelli from Dueling Genre Productions with us today. Thank you for being here, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, me too. I've been a, a big fan of Back to the Future Minute for for a while. I, I binged like crazy trying to catch up with you guys uh, before you finish part two. And I've been following like Geek by Night and all in Lord of the Rings minute over there and Doctor's Companion. It's been fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad we much. can be. I'm so glad we can be part of this like little family that's happening at Dueling Genre right now. <laughs> yeah, glad to have you guys. I'm glad to have you. Come on, <laughs> uh, this is exciting. Uh, today we're talking about minute 41 of uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Minute 41 starts with McGonagall telling the kids uh, that their house will be their family. And it ends with Draco sneering at Ron's red hair and hand-me-down robe. It's like kind of right on the minute there. Mm-hmm. I really love all these shots with the students, especially before, like, before the sorting and before um, we really get to know them over the course of the movies. Like, it's amazing that, like, they kind of sneak a bunch of the other cast members into the background here. Because... Um, not only do we see Crabbe and Goyle in this shot, but like we see Dean Thomas in the background, Neville Longbottom's in here, Seamus Finnegan's in here already. Like it's, it's great. I feel like Dean Thomas is the one kid who just sort of, he got taller, but that's about it. Like he still yeah. looks <laughs> exactly like this 11 year old kid. No, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I actually, um, I just rewatched these movies leading up to, uh, Fantastic Beasts. And there was something in this, I, I, I request, well, I requested last week, but, um, <laughs> Brian beat me to it. But so I, I, I requested this week because there's this moment here where McGonagall is explaining how house points work and how, like, some, yes. like one house will, you know, win the house cup. And like in that moment is when Neville notices Trevor and is like Trevor and like embarrasses himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's like a kind of like a foreshadowing thing. Like she's talking about house points and he's going to be the one that wins the house cup. Oh my, that's amazing. Oh, you know, you, that's hilarious. I never, I didn't make that correlation, but that makes perfect sense. That's fantastic. Yeah. I definitely didn't even like consider that. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I really love the shot, like, after he picks up Trevor, when he looks up at McGonagall just towering over him, like, she yeah. gives him the greatest look. <laughs> this look on her face, like, like kind of disgusted, because it's like, there's a frog, a toad in yeah, front of her. Yeah, in the book, when uh, Hagrid is telling Harry the different, uh, when they're talking about the different pets that can be brought to Hogwarts, Hagrid tells Harry, like, oh, toads are out of fashion, like, you don't want to take a toad. And, like, to- toads, toads aren't cool. Um... <laughs> I looked into it a little bit, and Trevor's toad 
uh, was given to him by his great uncle. His name is Algy. Algy. <laughs> That's a little bit of foreshadowing too, because Neville's whole... on the herbo- herbology and yep, everything. Exactly. Uh, his great uncle Algy in the in the book was also mentioned that uh, he they thought that Neville might, might be a squib. And his great uncle Algy was the one that held him out the window, yeah, and, and, and then actually him. dropped. Yeah, and he bounced. <laughs> and Neville he bounced. bounced. That's terrible. I know. Oh, what if he didn't bounce? What if he was a squib? I'm like, then you just would have killed a baby. That poor, poor <laughs> Neville. <laughs> right? He go. He comes from a messed up family. He uh, kind of does. Can we, can we talk about my weird conspiracy theory that Trevor is just a a, a person that was turned into? Oh, an animagus. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Continuing on the great uncle Aggie's, uh, Algy storyline. Okay. Um, there is a, a rumor that was going around for a while, like a fan theory that he was the toad, that he's an animagus. Oh. And, uh, uh, JK Rowling has since proven it wrong or oh, said that that's not the case. Oh, well, that's what he would have yeah. gotten for holding a baby out a window. I know. No, no kidding. I know. His grandmother's like, how dare you? And turns Turn him into, into a, toad. a toad. And now like, here I, you go, pet toad. <laughs> I kind of want to just say, I, I, I kind of want to go against J.K. Rowling and say that I, I think that's the case. <laughs> right. I think there's a lot of like secret animagi around Hogwarts because uh, we'll talk about Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Norris later, but um, there's definitely a lot of like creatures that are more intelligent than they should be. Than they should be. Yeah. yeah. For being just an animal. I mean, speaking of secret animagi, we, we talked about scabbers a little bit last week already. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Can we talk about that, uh, how Miss, how McGonagall just like leaves all these 11 year old children unsupervised? She does. She just like <laughs> walks up. She's, yeah, she's, um, like, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go see if they're ready for you. Like, like, but, uh, okay, you're the only adult out here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least leave like Filch to guard them or something. I don't know. Like, is that, is that wise? Yeah, I, well, I mean, where are they going to go? They're a bunch of first years. Like, they're standing outside the Great Hall. That's true, I guess. I don't know. My experience with 11-year-olds is if there's trouble to be had, they will find it. <laughs> that is that is true. <laughs> I mean, look, the first thing that starts happening is, like, Crab, Crab Goyle and Malfoy, that little group. And, and there's Harry and Ron, and they get to meet. And you already tell this isn't going to be good. Tom mm-hmm. Felton just full of himself. Oh, I know, I know. I He's like, I like that Malfoy, I don't, did I write it for this? Yeah, I did. Malfoy introduces himself like James Bond. Mm-hmm. Malfoy. Draco, Draco Malfoy. Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so great. Like, okay, <laughs> calm down over there. Mm-hmm. Why is I, Ron laughing at his name? I, I don't, I don't actually know. I'm, I think in the book, Ron actually knows a little bit about the Malfoys because of his, like, hearing his dad talk about, like, right. Lucius. But I I don't know why he would be laughing at him. Like, it's like this smirk. Maybe, maybe Draco is, is an unusual name. Draco. Yeah. Oh, you're the dragon? Like, they don't it's go like, that way, but... <laughs> right? Like, like please. I have maybe no idea. that's why. I don't know. It's a pretty scary name. I mean, that's the name of the Russian boxer that, like, kills Apollo Creed in uh, the Rocky movies. Oh, yeah. Yes. Draco. Draco. <laughs> Isn't his name Drago? Oh, it's Drago. That's Drago. right. Drago? You're right. One letter off. <laughs> it's Either way, it's, it's a enough. scary name. It's a scary name. Like, it really is. Draco uh, Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Malfoy. Yeah. Draco Malfoy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say it like that now. <laughs> I wish I had actually done, like, some research into the origins of the names, because I know J.K. Rowling took a lot of time to, like, 
consider that when naming her characters, like what the names mean and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Does she actually like? There's of course there's meaning to everything. Well, sure, I mean because I think Draco is any good writer. If you're going to name a bunch of characters in your book, you're just not going to pull names out of the air. Yeah, you're going to like take some time to think about it. Like, what kind of what do I want to convey when people hear this name? Well, didn't I think our first guest Kelly Kelly Arazi? I think she said that the only name that yeah didn't have that kind of consideration was Harry himself because it sort of popped into her head while she was riding the train. Right. That uh, the idea for this character and his name came just came to her in that sort of sense. Like, I don't know where she pulled... Because his name doesn't seem to have any, like, no, hidden it, it, it sounds it. like almost like a, just a regular muggle name. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That, that's true. It, it, he definitely does have the most, like... Mu- he does have the most muggle-sounding name. This is Harry. Harry. Harry Potter. Is, 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 is Harry short for a uh, Harold... I don't know. <laughs> Are we talking about Harold Potter? Is it and Harold Potter? Stone? Is it Harold Potter? It could be Harrison. Harrison Potter. I'm into that. <laughs> That's cool. That's I like, awesome. I like that a lot better. <laughs> Sounds a lot nicer than Harold. <laughs> oh, it really does. Oh, that's the name of this episode now. <laughs> like, that's great. Harrison Potter. <laughs> that makes me really happy. Oh my gosh. Um, I wrote a little bit about Crab and Goyle. Um, mm. We talked, Victoria and I talked last week when we saw them in the background that uh, Jamie Waylett, the the guy that plays uh, Vincent Crab here, I think he's only ever performed in Harry Potter movies and only up to Half-Blood Prince um, because he was jailed in 2012 for violent conduct and handling stolen goods during riots in London in 2011. So I was really? wrong about the fireworks thing, but handling stolen goods. That's not nice. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so they, they brought in a out, different buddy. kid to be uh, Blaze Zabini in that last movie with the scene in the Room of Requirement and the fiery death. <laughs> um, and then Gregory Goyle is played by Josh Herdman. And uh, from what I found on IMDb, I guess his father was an actor and like got him an agent and he got... He, uh, hmm, I wrote that one of them, I don't remember off the top of my head, I think the kid that plays Crab, actually, originally auditioned to be Dudley. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he definitely has the right, guy. like, kind of round body type. <laughs> um, and then just, I just wrote Tom Felton, yas. Yeah, <laughs> because what, what what is the deal with, with, okay, so, so Draco says... So it's true then. Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts. First of all, very, very literate sounding for an 11 yes. year old boy. And, and two, what's true? It, like, what, what is he, t- what is he referring to and how does he know that it's true? Because there's I just some think kid. That people here? have probably been like whispering and talking that like, oh, Harry oh, Potter, like Harry yeah, Potter yeah. is coming to Hogwarts this year. Kind Someone of Someone saw him at the Leaky Cauldron. Or, well, you know, like so like that. we don't really get the sense of this at all in, um, in the movie, but I think the twins actually recognize, I think, I think the twins recognize Harry, like before he even gets on the train. Right. And so like word has gotten up and down the Hogwarts Express that like Harry Potter is on the train. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's like Draco being the, prideful 
Slytherin child that he is like sneering down at him. Oh, like oh, it's like, true. This guy like, is Harry getting Potter all this attention. Here. Like yeah, who cares? The about newest this celebrity, kid? as Snape yeah. will call him. Oh later. yes, yes. Like, who cares but, about this kid? But if the rumors have been spreading all day, uh, or maybe even before that, then why are all the kids like so shocked and whispery about it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely. I, I really maybe not... he knew before they got on the train, like he heard from his father. Oh, Harry Potter's going to be at school this year because Lucius Malfoy is the kind of jerk father that would be like, oh, like you know, you're going to have to over- overshadow this kid somehow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like screw this kid. Like, I think uh, maybe they'd been hearing about it, but like now that it's pointed out and like everyone realizes, oh no, it's not. It like, really it, is. It's not a rumor it's that like Harry Potter is here. Like this kid is Harry Potter. The this kid that we've probably grown up hearing about, uh, hushed whispers of stories told by our parents at the like, disappearance of you know who and you know who and the boy who lived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't really. Yeah, that's the best I got. I'm, 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 I'm reaching a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, it it uh, there's a there's something that happens in the next minute that uh I want to talk about as far as like why I think this scene is here or I guess this conversation is here. Um, sure, but uh, it doesn't happen in this minute. So okay, <laughs> we'll save that for tomorrow. Like, oh, then. oh wait, yeah, save it. Uh, what were you going to say about Tom Felton? Oh, I just wrote yes in my notes because I think <laughs> oh. he's fantastic as Draco Malfoy. Um, yeah, this, Felton. you know, his character was the one that I really like. Dis- I mean, you're, you're mate, you're, you're meant to. Like, she does a really great job of showing just it's you what love a to hate nasty him. child this, this kid can be. Yeah. Um, in the book, Harry says that Draco reminds him of, uh, of Dudley a little bit. And personality. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of that bully. full of themselves, like the best child, like the golden boy. All the attention. Yeah. I mean, like, look, he's he's already, like, met these two guys, and he's in charge of these two guys already. Well, I think, I think, I think the Crab and Goyle lineage goes back to, like, the parents. I think that's why they're all friends. They just because, friends because the whole life. all three of their parents are all Death Eaters. Can uh, what, I, what, what is the deal with, like, what, what happened ele- or 12, 12 years ago that made all of these kids' parents who all knew each other and were in the same year when they were in school all decide to have children all at the same time? I have no idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe the like death baby years boom. were like, but yeah, yeah was it, was the, the end of the, the world. It wasn't the end of the war, right? Like, the yeah, uh, war was still going on, because... I I think that once Voldemort, like, had vanished, I think it, like, splintered and fell apart, like, pretty rapidly. Um, because then the R's are just after the Death Eaters, and they don't have a leader that's kind of thrusting them forward. Well, they, right, but he I doesn't... a lot of people... A lot of people start coming forward and saying that they were under the Imperius curse, that it wasn't even their fault that, like, he was yeah, using yeah. things. Yeah, but But Voldemort uh, didn't disappear until after Harry was born, so that doesn't... Oh, that's fair. That's true. This would be a year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I didn't think of it that way. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's a wizarding <laughs> baby boom. Somehow. Yeah. In the like they all, the It's like they all just did that, that promise thing from Half-Blood Prince, and they all just promised to have children 
the same year <laughs> or something. <laughs> That's a weird promise, but yeah. <laughs> Let's all have kids well, so that they well, all go to school They didn't want to leave anybody out because, you know, like as you grow older, some friends have have kids and you don't and then you don't really have anything in common with them. So, you know, <laughs> they just wanted to make sure that they all stayed being friends. <laughs> by having, thick and by having them all around the same age. Right. Yeah. Keeps the, the so maybe they'll be friends. Yeah, <laughs> just Aww. keep the whole cycle going. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think any of these. I think a lot of these kids don't even have siblings either. I think the only person in Hogwarts that has siblings is Ron. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sea <laughs> of only children. I mean, and the, oh, and the Patils, the, the, the Weasleys. The Weasleys, they didn't have to make the promise because they just never stopped having kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, they have, they have so many children. So yeah. Many kids. I think, I think there's been a Weasley at Hogwarts for the last like 15 years, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also have a note about J.K. Rowling's opinions of bullies I find interesting okay. because all of her bullies, as depicted in the movie, are the same. Uh, they are, they are very tough and, and angry people, like in front of Harry, when it's just them and Harry. But then as soon as another adult is around, or, or they are actually like stood up to, they like suddenly turn into like weeping children. Um, like that's sort of her thing. Except what I find interesting is that, James was a bully. And James is a considered like a wizarding world hero. And so I find that interesting and I'm I want to I want to get more of her feelings on bullies because I feel like it's more complex than I thought originally. I'm losing it over here. Yeah, Victoria's sitting here <laughs> laughing because oh we've, we've talked a lot about James. Like, not a lot oh, about James. We've talked about we've James and his, a couple times him being already. a bully. And he's like, such a bully. He's such a jerk. He, he is. He's, I think arrogant was the word that you like to use. Yes, he is But I think there's arrogant. a different, there's a different like sort of smugness. I think they try to make him charming and they, they kind of hold him back with... Aren't most bullies? Yeah. Mm. And aren't most bu- like every bully that I knew I wouldn't in high call. school because I was bullied. I'm sorry, I was bullied my whole life. And every bully I know, like as soon as an authority figure's in the room, charm like sure. you're gonna get out of like oh it wasn't me like I wouldn't say anything like that I wouldn't do this. And it's like it's it's what? it's Biff Tannen <laughs> exactly right. It's 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 of course they got when put the charm shows on. Up. And they kind get of away. His way so, out of things. Yeah, that's it's kind of like a defense mechanism for them to get away with what they want to do. Well, it's it's sociopathic. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's that's that's what sociopaths do. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah, like sociopaths are like some of the most charming people you'll ever meet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's unless terrible. you end up on the wrong side of them. <laughs> oh. Ooh, yeah, that's and scary. then you end up uh, you end up in a tree or whatever happened to Severus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, poor hmm. Severus. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel for that for for him. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. That's an ongoing theme. Is is I do not like James Potter, and I like L- Lily and Severus forever. <laughs> Is what I would want, but uh, I just finished. I just finished reading *The Cursed Child* and and uh, reading *Snape* in there would made me very sad. 
man. Spoilers. I know. It, uh. I'm sorry. It, it, it makes me wonder. I mean, this is, you know, jumping ahead three movies. And, and I'm <laughs> sure we'll talk about this when you get to it. Uh, but it makes me wonder if Cedric was kind of a bully. Because Cedric has like mad James Potter vibes. Right. I get that. I, yeah. But maybe the Hufflepuff personality. Yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking is like, but he's also, he got sorted into Hufflepuff. So there's gotta be a reasoning for there's that. There's not like, it's not the same kind of pridefulness that like, I think. He seems a lot more humble in, in the movie. Well, in the then I would assume book two. He's he's not. He's definitely charming, James was. and he definitely has a following. But I think most of his following comes from him being chosen as a triwizard. Yeah, that, and he's a good-looking guy, and a lot of girls like him. Yeah, mm. yeah. We'll definitely have to talk about. We'll definitely have to talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Oh, young Robert Pattinson. I know. <laughs> Before he was a sparkly vampire. <laughs> yeah, he yes. was ours first. <laughs> right, he he belonged to the Potter fandom before you Twihards <laughs> ruined him. Right? <laughs> oh, we're so far off minute now. I know. Oh, well. <laughs> just killing time, because it was a short minute, that's all. Yeah, just no, Tom Felton I, and... I really do love Tom Felton in, in this role a lot. Mm-hmm. I think well, that he definitely has, like... Done? Yeah. He's, He's really well, he great. He was in the... He's really great on The Flash this season. Yeah. I need to catch up on The Flash. He's in The Flash? Yeah, he's in The yeah. Flash. Who is he in The Flash? Uh, I, he's like, he's just like this new guy that, uh, works with Barry at, in the oh. uh, CSI department. And he, he hates Barry and thinks he's lazy because he's always late because he's doing Flash stuff. <laughs> oh my God. That's, That's awesome. That's funny. That's pretty yeah. funny. It's so really, it's really great. To Barry. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah, there it's really go. great because um they managed to make tons of Harry Potter jokes like all season with him. That's the best. <gasps> what? Uh, like at one point, at one point there's a flashback where he's a cuz he's like an archaeologist and he finds the philosopher's stone. <gasps> yeah, oh, I love gosh. it. That makes, me, that makes me really happy. That's yeah. amazing. I definitely have to catch back up on The Flash. I'm so far I just want to right watch now. that season now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see the rest of it. It's just Tom Felton. Yes, Tom Felton. Uh, Tom Felton was also in, uh, was it Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Uh, no, he, Rise. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He got to, he got to be the one to deliver the, the damn dirty ape line. Right. You're right. You're, he was, you're right. You're right. He was the, uh, he was American, American Draco Malfoy in that movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, the American actors. <laughs> and then didn't he, he played himself in like, uh, what movie was it? That one oh, with Seth Rogen um, in them? It's the, the it's end? that party movie where everyone plays themselves, right? Yeah, this is the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, and like someone, that? like someone goes up to he's him. He's got like a cameo in that. Someone like yeah. asks him to do a, to, like a Draco Malfoy line and he, Sneers at them and kind of like, like, like yeah, basically like, go away. <laughs> there are a ton of people in that movie, but it's just for like he's like literally the only random like Harry Potter person. Oh, no, 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 because no, Emma, Emma Watson's Emma Watson Watson a big big deal in that. You're right. Where were you, Daniel Ratcliffe? I know we could have had a mini reunion in that movie. Um, this is all self minute, but Tom Tom Felton talks about how he likes to he likes to call up Dan Radcliffe and just go Potter like from his. <laughs> The way that he delivers the line in the movies, like, all the time. Every no, time that he... would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Would... Aw, I <laughs> love that. That makes me really happy. That makes you very happy. <laughs> like, you never know yeah, the when whole, the phone's the... gonna ring and it's gonna be... 
the Very whole cool. cast for his birthday, because he, he celebrated his birthday on set on The Flash, they all got him, uh, specifically Harry Potter, the character, Harry Potter stuff. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and so he has like a bunch, there's like a picture of him like sad on set with like a bunch of Harry Potter and Gryffindor <laughs> stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> that makes me really happy. That's I so think, great. um, I, didn't Tom Felton tweet that he got sorted into Gryffindor? And he was like, I'm so conflicted now. Like, what, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, there's a whole thing in which they all get sorted and like they, not, like hardly, I think none of them got sorted into, into the house what, that they're in. Yeah, in exactly. That's I think funny. one. I think that was Luna. Oh, the yeah. One, the girl that who played Luna Lovegood. I think mm-hmm. she was the only one that got sorted into what she is, really but everyone cool. else got sorted into other things. Huh. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun to talk about. I want to go look those up. Yeah, I'm going to watch that YouTube video. Oh, do they have like a whole? I think it's um for BuzzFeed. Mm. That makes sense. That sounds because like they do a lot of like baity type stuff. And yeah, that I'd watch that. One of their Harry Potter ones that they did. I'd watch that. They have several of those. Hmm. Cool. So yeah, Harry Potter guys. <laughs> this is going to be kind of a long minute, but that's Sorry. okay. What um I want to ask before we wrap this minute up, what's your uh, what was your history with with Harry Potter, Scott? How did you get into the series? Uh, well, I, when it started, when did it start? What year was the first book published? Mm, I want to say 97? Seven. Seven? I think okay. it was 97. All right. Well, um, I would have been the perfect age, uh, for it, but you know, it slipped under the first two books pretty much slipped under the radar. I don't, I don't think it, it, I don't remember people making a big fuss about it until about the third book. Um, and then the fourth book was like the first like big, huge midnight release with yeah. like news crews and stuff. Um, so I, it, it slipped under my radar. And by the time the first movie came out, I had just sort of accepted that Harry Potter wasn't for me. Mm. Um, it was just like one of those things like Pokemon where I'm just like, I don't understand this and sure. I don't, I, I just don't think it's for me. Um, and so I didn't see the first or second movie in theaters. Um, and then I, right before, I think it was, I, I, I had moved out after graduating and had a roommate and my roommate liked Harry Potter and I had told him that I had never seen them because I just, you know, they didn't seem like they were for me. And he was like, oh, the new movie's coming out. Like, you gotta, we, we should all go. And I was like, I don't, I've never seen any of them. And he's like, oh, I've got them. And so he, like, I had like a sick day or something like that. I just watched both of them and I was like, oh, those are, I mean, those were pretty fun. Um, <laughs> and, and so then I saw, I went to the theater and saw Prisoner of Azkaban and was, completely blown away um yeah that movie's amazing yeah that yeah great prisoner of azkaban is like a, a masterpiece um of adaptation in my opinion uh but it's it blew me away and so after i saw that i went back and i read i picked up all the books from the library and read all of them um, and I think to this day, that's probably why I hate the Goblet of Fire movie so much is because, mm. because it was the first movie I saw after having read the books. Sure. Um, and, and I think it bothered me, uh, a lot because it was my favorite book. And then I agree know. with that. When I read Goblet of Fire, I think that was my favorite too. Mm-hmm. It's so big and you bring in other schools and it's more of a, 
there's a whole, I don't know, like a whole grand tournament going on. Like it's a, it's a new sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Goblet of Fire is my favorite book and, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite movie. And ever since then, I mean, I've been there on like, you know, for the midnight showing for every movie after that. I read every book as soon as it came out at midnight. I would sleep in the day before it came in. I'd sleep until like three or four, like as late as possible. So that when I, when the book came out, I could just like stay up for like 24 hours and read the whole thing. Um, and, uh, I would, I, I had a, uh, my best friend at the time, he read them too. I got him into them. And then we would race um to see who could finish first, which is probably not the most <laughs> – the best way to enjoy a new novel. But, uh, you know, early 20s and it was a fun thing to do. So we would race each other. That – that is exactly the same thing that I was doing same when thing. I was getting those books too. Yeah, Me and my friend did. Not yep. even sleeping, just like reading the whole thing as quick as possible. Oh, uh, but I did the jerk thing and thinking that he was further than he actually was. <gasps> Were you spoiling stuff? The end oh, you're mean. Only once. I, but it was the worst one. I spoiled. Oh, the death of a character. Oh, that's. Ooh. That's that's and unacceptable. Do you want to guess which character? Like a big one. Was it was it Dumbledore? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, I felt so bad. Like he was he hated me for like the longest. And he will still mention it to me to this day. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, I remember when you uh spoiled the death of Dumbledore? And I'm like, Shut up. I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I, I wish I didn't, but I did. I have a big mouth. I'm sorry. I, I'll I be honest, I I went into this. I went into this knowing Dumbledore was not going to make it out of this series alive. And I figured it would be the fifth or sixth book because the old wizard and the fantasy story always dies. Like that's, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. the trope. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Right. I, I kind of just expected it. And so when the sixth book happened, like when the fifth, when I read the fifth book and he didn't die in that, I was like, Oh, it's definitely happening in the next one so that they can have one book to deal with the ramifications of him being yeah. dead. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of, I knew going into, going into that. Also, weirdly, I, I remember figuring out the Horcrux thing. Huh. In, during the fifth book. And I was like, I think the scar is like a part of him. Like, I didn't know under, I didn't understand. Like, sure. I, I didn't know the specifics, but I was like, I think the scar, like the reason that it hurts is because it's part of Voldemort or something. Like, I remember doing that, and I would tell people, like, that's, that's dumb. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. No, I think that's, that's fascinating. <laughs> like, and then I, friends. I, I, yeah, and then I read the half, we all read the Half-Blood Prince, and everyone just, like, stared at me, like, how did you do this? <laughs> yeah, how did you know that? I was Are like, you- I don't know. I didn't know, I didn't know what a Horcrux was. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know how, I can't remember because it was like so long. It was like, what was that, 12 years ago, 10 years ago? Something like that. I, I when Word of the Phoenix came out. Um, and so like, I don't remember what context clues had me putting all of that together, but I, I remember that and I was really proud of that moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I love, I love the Harry Potter series. I love that it is simultaneously magic because i'm not i'm not usually a big magic person like Mm. i don't i don't typically like magic in things because i don't i don't like that 
in most contexts, like I, I read a lot of comics and sure. magic, magic in comics is so nebulous where it's usually a thing where it's like, oh, this guy has this really powerful spell. We have to undo it with this other powerful spell. And I'm like, <laughs> but you're just, you're both just saying words and shooting stuff at each other. Like, I don't, I don't understand why this one is more powerful than this one. And it's all just meaningless to me. And Harry Potter, I think J.K. Rowling found a way to ground all of the magic in rules that made logical sense um, and and felt real to me. Uh, yeah. And and so and so I I enjoyed it for that. I th- I think it's um it's you know I, you know people talk about J.K. Rowling a lot and how amazing of a world builder she is. Um, not to mention just like a, just a great writer, but, mm. uh, her world building in this is done so well in a way that like everything is laid out just as you need it to be. And that's really cool. Um, I, I just, I really love that because, you know, you're seeing stuff in this, in this book and in this movie. And it's just enough to get you through this movie. And then in the next one, they introduce things like mudblood and whatnot. But, yeah. but you are introduced to the idea and we'll get to it in the next minute that some wizarding families are better than others. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear the term mudblood until the second movie because you don't need to know that term yet. Um, yeah. And so I just, the way things are laid out are just, so, it's so expertly done and. I just – I don't know how anyone could not love Harry Potter or at least respect it. Yeah, I think that's been the gen, genu, uh, the general consensus, honestly. Like anyone that I, – I don't, I don't know anyone who tells me they don't like Harry Potter. Like either you, you're you invested in Harry Potter in the movies and the books or mm. you've just never experienced them. Yeah. Like I don't know anyone who's seen them – seen the movies or who who's read the books who doesn't like the content. Mm-hmm. I think it's so rich and like Harry is such a, he's such a identifiable kid. Like I think that they do a real, she does a really good job by like starting Harry in the, in the muggle world so that we can be just experience that same wonder coming into it all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that they take, she takes like classic witch imagery of like the wand made of a tree stem and, and, uh, riding brooms and having like owls and cats and yet they're like delightful mm-hmm. even even like whenever we see like a pointed hat it's yes so great <gasps> pointed hats make me so happy the costume design in this movie is great oh yeah yeah i don't i don't give uh i don't give chris columbus a lot of credit because i don't think he's a good director but his crew and everything that he did to build this world, to like make this world feel like a place, like a real place. I, yeah. I you know, I definitely respect him and the crew that he chose, uh, to put all of this together because I mean, it does, I, I think more than just about any adaptation of a work. I mean, it's like this and Lord of the Rings are probably the two where it's like, yeah, that's exactly what everyone pictured. Yeah, and I think it's amazing they came out – I keep going back to this, especially since we've we've talked to Cassandra and Norman. Like, these movies came out a month apart, like this one and then and Fellowship then they, of the Ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're both these 
amazing undertakings of this grand literary, and they do it. They do it in right. fantasy. They're both yeah. fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think both of those both of those franchises were really like my introduction into like into fan. Just like it made me a reader as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I reread the Harry Potter books over and over and over again more than I read anything else. Uh, I, I would agree with that for myself. Harry Potter, the Harry Potter books are probably the one series other than the Dark Tower series that I've probably read multiple times. Because hmm. Dark Tower is my, is my favorite. I still have to read those. You should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I think we, we, we strayed far enough that we can wrap it up for this minute. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling, Scott? Thanks for being here with us today. This yeah. has been a blast. Absolutely. We have uh, good content for tomorrow and the rest of the just the rest of the week coming up. I'm so excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, you guys can find us on DuelingGenre.com along with Back to the Future Minute, which is back at the time this is up, right? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm so happy. I'm <laughs> so happy you guys are back. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited – I love that show and I love our listeners. Um, I'm excited to wrap it up and move on to other projects, but it's been fun diving back into that world after our, our hiatus. So, um, cause we didn't get much of a hiatus between the first and second one. We pretty much did those back to back. And, uh, so, so we've been gone for a while. And now that we're back in the world of Marty and Doc and time machines and, everything it's it's uh it's been a lot of fun oh it's uh, yeah it's it's one of my favorite minute shows to listen to uh to be quite honest thank you yeah for sure okay um join us tomorrow for minute 42 of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone um we wrap up every minute by saying mischief managed um if you'd like to join us in that sky okay should we count down (laughs) yeah three two one. Mischief, mischief managed. managed. Yeah. Dueling genre.